Complicated, a magazine-style Doctor Who podcast. Uh, I'm Lauren Bancroft, one of your three hosts. We're also joined by John Pingle and Mike Solko. Guys, say hi. Ahoy, hoy. Hello, hello. Yes, excellent. How have you guys been? It's been a little bit. Mike, go for it. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's been pretty good. Um, I actually just started a new job with the same company today, so I'm now managing two IT teams in two different cities. So uh, life is getting pretty interesting pretty fast, um, but nice. that's that's a good thing. So it's a lot of time on the road, which means a lot of time for big finish. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, me, what have I been up to? I've just been holding down uh, the NOTLG podcasting network uh let's see i've been watching a lot of wrestling and i just got tickets to come down to reseda to go to my first pro wrestling gorilla show that i'm very excited about that's awesome when is that that's coming up soon september 2nd 3rd and 4th oh boy you're gonna have so much fun i am very excited nice <laughs> cool yeah. It is the the best show in America, pretty much. So, for, for all you Doctor Who wrestling fans out there, um, which I'm sure there's a big crossover, yeah. PWG is the way to go. Yes, yep. very exciting. Uh, I went to one. When was it? When did I go? It was almost most a no. It wasn't a year ago. It, it was, was just like two, two or three months, I think. Yeah, it was in. Uh, yeah. it was in March, I believe. March or April. Yeah, it was so much fun. This has been a long time coming. So. Speaking well, of I'm... places that people have gone, uh, Lauren, I believe you had a fun time a couple of weekends ago. Um, yeah, remind me what I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Sandy... thing is, Lauren's always up to stuff every weekend. <laughs> That's so true. That's... Mike, Mike gets it. He um, totally does. San Diego Comic Con. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh, the, the, most, the most recent of the weekends. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, that was amazing. It was great. I got to go down with uh, Nerdist Improv School, so I worked the booth for some of it, and then I got to walk the floor for the rest of it. So it was good. I met Stephen Moffat. I was yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> I, I see. The thing with that is that I spent the entire like because I met him on Thursday, just walking the floor, dressed in my first draft of uh, my Osmond cosplay, and uh, I bump into him, and then I consistently forget that I meet him. That, like I, that I met him, so I just like re-remembered for the rest of the weekend. It would just hit me. It happened at least twenty-five times. <laughs> I felt so bad. Everybody who was with me, they're like, because I would, it would hit me again. I'd be like, oh, um, I just remembered that I met Stephen Moffat, and they're like, Lauren, you said that four <laughs> times to me alone. Please stop. Hey, that's a. It was great. That's a great yeah. thing to brag about. I mean. Yeah. Well, and he recognized your costume immediately. Of oh, course. he totally did. Yeah. And that made me feel really good because I threw it together like two days before heading down to San Diego. Yeah. So it felt it felt really nice. Very cool. I mean, that's always that's always the crazy kamikaze run when you decide, like, I'm going to throw something together within one week. Yes. Especially if there's lots of odd pieces uh, like the belt. And I, mean, I guess you can oh, find yeah. an egg whisk. But but a lot of those belt pieces aren't something you just go down to Target and pick up. Yeah. But I just went to a dollar store and then spray painted it. Per it looked nice. really good. I. I was like, Thank that is you. so clever. Thank you. I was very <laughs> proud of it. 
So you know what else Doctor Who related that Mike and I got to partake in recently? The awesome Doctor Who photo shoot with Topher Oriel. He's a wonderful photographer. Mike, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was very cool. Um, we had 12 doctors in the room, uh, 12 <laughs> individual cosplayers as doctors. Oh, we, um, well, we had um, a war doctor, too. Oh, that's right. No, 13. All 13. Uh, 13. No, sir. All 13. Thank you. Um, And then we had um, yourself dressed Mm -hmm. as Clara. We had two rivers, um, a Missy. Uh, I'm sure there was something else. And apologies if anybody's out there. There was was an Amy as well. Yes. Uh, And a a moment rose. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It was honestly, it was such a full house. And it was. were Were there two moment roses or just one? Just one. Two rivers. Okay. <laughs> just just lots and lots of, I mean, probably about 15 to 20 cosplayers in this room, yeah. um, as well as a couple of photographers. Um, and it was it was just very weird to everywhere you turn around, you see a doctor. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it's a very <laughs> cool group. Different levels of cosplay experience as well. So that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, and from what I've seen, Topher's done a great job. He actually took the photo from the end of Day of the Doctor, which is when uh, Matt Smith walks out of the TARDIS and you see all the doctors lined up. In like that V kind of shape. Yeah, the uh, flying V. And he he recreated that, including uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor. So it's kind of a little bit different from what you would have seen on TV. But still, um, he's done a photo edit with the smoke in the background. So, I mean, it really looks perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I've seen a few of the other photos he's done so far. So um, we'll have a link up in the show notes to that. Um, there'll probably be more of the pictures up before too long. Uh, but what he's put up so far is really amazing. Uh, it was a really fun experience for me. It's still relatively a novice cosplayer. <laughs> I about lost my mind when I saw that picture. Oh, good. I was so happy. I think it went up pretty late at night, too. So um... Yeah, I think, I think Topher said that he pulled, like, he pulled like an all-nighter because he really wanted to get that picture done. It was, it looks so good, you guys. Yeah. the The funny thing is, when you first look at it, it evokes the original so much that it takes a moment to realize that's not the same picture. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that bugged me was uh, the Seventh Doctor doesn't have his scarf in that picture, so I didn't get to wear. It. Well, I had my scarf for some other stuff, but at the same time, it's just that whole uh, that moment where you're just like, "This isn't right. I should have my scarf on." Um, it's it's fine. It's just that funny thing where it's like, "Oh, whoever directed that really messed up," um, because I'm sure that so many Doctor Who fans are concerned about the Seventh Doctor's costume, like me and three other people. Hey, you never know. True, yeah. true. Taylor, hi, Taylor. Taylor, I'm not definitely. My scarf in the picture. <laughs> he cares for sure. Nice. Cool. And I love that you said that it's, you know, at first glance, it, it would take you a second to realize that that awesome picture isn't like the original. And that really just speaks to how great Topher is at what he does. Which I love. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, it was a, that was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I mean, not too much other Doctor Who stuff going on right now. I mean, uh, there's a few cons coming up at the end of the year. And then, of course, we've got Galley coming up in February, which everybody's pretty excited about. So. Yes. Yes. Very excited. Yeah. I, I think this will yeah. be the first year I bring down my entire podcast rig because I feel like we're all going to want to get together at some point. Yeah, we're we're going to want to say stuff on the record. <laughs> I'm for very, sure. very excited for next year, I guess. Oh, boy. It'll sneak up on us, though. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Really well. All right, you guys want to get started with our awesome segments? Let's do it. Sounds like a plan. 
21st century is when it all changes. So what is torture anyway? Some kind of British intervention agency. We're separate from the government, outside the police, beyond the United Nations. You catch aliens for a living. You're an alien catcher. Caught any good aliens? Tons of them. That's a hell of a job. Bloody Torchwood. So let's kick this off with our ongoing Torchwood review, the segment called Everything Changes. Uh, we, I believe we all did, if we did our homework, we all watched the second episode of season one called Day One. Is that correct? And this is the information I'm saying accurate. Yes, it is very right. accurate. All right. Yes. And just for anyone w- listening, let's just refresh where we are all at with Torchwood. I have never seen it. I'm watching it for the very first time. Yes, I've seen Torchwood back when it originally aired, but I've never okay. gone back and rewatched it. I okay. watched it all the way through at some point. Not when it originally aired, but some point later on in my Doctor Who viewing. What are your thoughts? Mike, let's start with you. Oh, goodness gracious, bloody Torchwood. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I want to say that this was not that bad. There was actually some elements of it I really enjoyed. But kind of we talked last time about how with Torchwood, it's it's very in your face and trying very hard to push. This is an adult sci-fi show. Um, and uh, having an alien that possesses people and feeds on orgasmic energy. That, you they're, can't, they're... Can you get more adult? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I know one of us watched this today on a lunch break. And <laughs> yeah, I, at, the, that, that was... at my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of one of those, I'm going to put my headphones now on moments. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it was interesting because we got to see more of Gwen growing into the character she's going to be and how she reacts differently, maybe from some of the more experienced team members. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought there was some good stuff to it, as well as some stuff that just really made me roll my eyes. Um, nothing quite as awful as last time, but uh, I, I just kind of uh, I feel like it's kind of the situation is they're trying to introduce concepts that are going to push the envelope rather than having a strong concept and saying, how can we push the envelope with it, if that makes any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. All right, John, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are pretty much the same. I can just imagine this uh, writing meeting. So what can we do to make this nothing like Doctor Who at all, like the most adult thing we could possibly do with this spinoff show? I really, I also enjoyed Gwen's growth in this. She takes a very doctor approach to Carrie's, the girl who is uh, possessed by, I don't even know what to call it. I guess the um, smoke monster from Lost, but... Like a pretty pink version. But a pretty pink version. Yes, thank you. Um, And she, Gwen says, you know, we have to save the person. We can't just, you know, do whatever you guys usually do. Because as we find out through this entire episode, this is day one for her. And apparently... Torchwood just sends text messages that says their name, um, mm-hmm. and I guess that means do you go to do you go to Torchwood headquarters or? Yeah, was that <laughs> was that like covered in her orientation? Do you think it must have been? She knew exactly what to do. She's just like, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, I I actually for the most part, I really enjoyed this this episode. Yeah. Well, and I think it's worth noting too that. Part of the reason this creature escapes, this gas monster escapes from a meteor that's crashed, is because Gwen messes up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you, know, you, you just spoke to orientation. Unfortunately, she really hasn't had a advanced meteor possession. You know, they, they didn't do that class during orientation. Mm-hmm. So uh, she kind of messes up, and unfortunately, that's what sets this monster loose. 
Yeah, so she feels like extremely responsible for all the damage, all the uh, the men it is turning into dust. Um, yes, which was kind of a cool effect. Was uh, it like eight dudes? It was probably more than eight dudes. It was a bunch. It was like yeah. the guy in the bathroom, and then that other her, her ex boyfriend. Her ex. Yeah. And then I want to say eh, it probably was probably around ten or maybe more. There's a lot of just dust that's like the easiest thing just somebody go get dust and that will represent a person mm -hmm. i think it's probably worth noting that this episode was written by chris chibnall oh yes that, right? oh. that is correct yeah. the, the upcoming uh showrunner for doctor who who'll be taking over when moffat steps down after season 10 so great i think that yeah. i saw his name i'm like oh i'm gonna pay extra close attention to this what is happening in this episode <laughs> You know, you have to hope the smoke monster is going to reappear. Um, oh, I maybe hope not. so. I love the shell force field and that we, even though in the last episode we learned we're not supposed to take things, we're still taking things from Torchwood and using them in the real world. Yep. Oh, and Owen, I hate him so much. Does he become more uh, likable? Can you just tell me, does he become likable like at all? Arguably. Uh, yeah, I'd go arguably. <laughs> <laughs> Does he ever have like redeeming moments? Because uh, I cannot stand him. I actually he does. Does he? Sorry, go ahead, John. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I was going to say I actually cannot remember if he does. There is at least one Owen centric episode that actually has a really strong romantic plot to it, um, and that was one of the few times I appreciated the character. Um, you know, I, I was actually at a at a movie night this weekend, and they were showing Alexander and the not so very good, terrible, awful, whatever, blah blah blah. Yes, mm -hmm. and. And uh, the the actor who plays Owen shows up as a teacher uh -huh. and he's only in it about five minutes, but I, I could actually feel myself like getting angry <laughs> and he's just a drama teacher. He doesn't do anything wrong, but it was still, it's just like, Oh, I hate this character so much. And yeah. unfortunately every time I see him in a movie, that's my reaction now. Was um, that, was that your reaction when you saw Pacific Rim? Yes, actually. <laughs> yes, it was. Him and Charlie Day as the, the buddy scientist. Yeah. It's a poor guy. He's he's a fun actor. It's just this this part was just oh, so frustrating. Yeah, he was mm -hmm. at Gallifrey one year, and he was very very cool. He his all of his interviews were very awesome, and he seemed like a really really good guy. And he's like, I th these are just the characters I play. Sorry. Uh. Mm, all right. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I'll try to dissociate the actor from the character. No, oh, it's hard. Fine. Man. I'll try. <laughs> Always a good idea. Mm-hmm. Easier said yeah. than done. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and one of the things, too, is um, I, I like the fact that we find out that the team doesn't know anything about Captain Jack. Correct. Yes, I really like yeah. that. And you know, it's, it's kind of doesn't really they they're like, hey, what do you know? And she doesn't say she doesn't tell them about the whole him getting shot in the head and not dying thing. Yeah. Kind of a yeah. really big point to leave out. Yes. But I think that's that just shows that she kind of doesn't trust this team yet, and she somehow, even though it's clear that nobody's said any or Captain Jack hasn't told anybody anything, that she somehow trusts him more than she does the other people. Yeah, she was almost defending him. Yeah. To the rest of the team after he steps away, and they're like grilling her. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I think it's it. It suits him. Like she's like defending his like wardrobe choices, and yeah, she seems like she's already trusting him for sure, which is good. You know, like I really 
love how Jack Harkness, he is written just like Jack Harkness. He is the same character that yes. he was on Doctor Who, like through and through. And that's probably because it's John Barrowman. He is <laughs> Captain Jack Harkness. See, I, I felt like he toned it down a bit. Um, he was a little more maybe swashbuckling or adventurous, but then he didn't have a full team under his yeah. wing at that point either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe this is normal Jack Harkness, but in a leadership role. Yeah. But either way, I still like with the little the little comments he makes. Love it. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Tell Owen he needs to work on his abs. That was a <laughs> that was a very funny. That's great too. Yeah. You know, um, thing about Gwen, um, in the a, a few times in the earlier parts of the episode, like she was like having to deal with like some serious sexism. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, and a lot of like, and there were a few different comments directed at her about like people thinking that she thinks that she's better than they are because she's now in special ops, quote unquote. Oh, when yeah, she was... sees her her ex coworkers at the um at one of the crime scenes. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you're my boss now," because she's like trying to give him some direction. Yeah. Without really realizing that she does, maybe she does sound like she's you know telling him what to do. Yeah, that dude might be the best character in Torchwood. As far as the most non-obnoxious, so, her, <laughs> so I'm, I always appreciate it when he comes back around. Uh, oh, so her we'll ex-partner, right? Yes. Uh, spoilers. So I actually and like. He... I think I like my favorite character. I mean, we're only two episodes in, but I really enjoy uh, her boyfriend, Reese. Uh, does he not stick around? He, yeah. Who knows? Uh, Are we not going to tell him? Okay, <laughs> fine. Fine, I'll keep uh, watching. You know. Yeah. Well, we established last time my favorite character is Susie, so it's it's not a wonder <laughs> why I never fell for Torchwood that hard. It, it's interesting as well because um, we talked about Captain Jack and his powers, but you know, at the end of the at the end, we have Gwen willing to sacrifice herself to save Karis, that she's going to take on this this creature, yeah. and uh, because she thinks she can last longer before everything explodes. Instead, Captain Jack kind of does the whole, if you want power, I have more power than you can imagine thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so, obviously that, that gesture that Gwen made speaks volumes, you know, as her as a, to her as a character and to the team that she's still trying to prove herself with. So great job. Yeah. I, I think Captain Jack aside, none of the other characters would have made that choice. Oh, at no. least not at this point. I yeah. and I don't think ever, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because Chris Chibnall's the the co-showrunner of of Torchwood and maybe down the line we'll be able to kind of get a better idea of of what his writing with this show might inform his Doctor Who in the future. I, I don't know if it's easy to do from one episode, but it's certainly going to be worth looking at in the future when we kind of circle around to more of his stuff. Mhm. Yeah, I definitely. Agree. All right. So, the verdict, the final verdict on Torchwood season 1, episode 2. Not that bad. No, I definitely it makes yeah. some improvements from the first episode for sure. Correct. And that's yes. basically all we're looking for in this show right now is improvements and then it to hit its stride, which it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think for the show to work, it's going to have to show us character growth. And we got growth with Jack. We got, we got growth with, uh, with Eve Miles uh, with, oh gosh. Gwen. Gwen. Gwen, yeah, thank you. It's been a long day. <laughs> so we've had the, we've had those two characters grow. But for me, I, I think what would have made the episode better is more pterodactyl, more Susie. Oh yes. <laughs> Just rewatch the pilot. Yeah. Okay. okay oh, that's the, what you need to do. Oh, the pterodactyl. Oh, you know what we didn't. You know what we didn't even mention though is that um we the tenth doctor's hand got some serious play. Oh yes. Yeah. Very serious. She took the hand and ran with it, and then yeah, she smashed and then she it. Chucked it. Yeah. 
That was rude. <laughs> yeah. There was that really awkward moment where Captain Jack just had a complete freak out over it and basically let her out. And uh, the team was not thrilled about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you creepy man with your living hand in a tank. Why is that more important to you? Mm -hmm. And in typical fashion for Jack in this show, we're not going to find out for a while. Nope. Very good. Okay, great. Well, I guess that is our Everything Changes segment. Oops, I'm wearing sand shoes. Oh, so you're my replacements, a dandy and a clown. It's what's on the inside that matters. The biggest crime against fashion since Lederhosen. What you want is something warm and sensible, something that would wear well, something with a bit of style, and, and was style, you know. All right, and our next segment is uh, the Costume Showdown. It's where we pit doctors against each other, and we decide who has the better costume. Seven. We have a, seven. <laughs> we covered seven last episode, Mike. We covered, and also he lost. He lost to twelve. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry to, you know, reopen old wounds, but it's okay. We've moved past that. Um, but we do have four awesome brackets with um, some doctors and some kind of less than doctors, but still, we can <laughs> we can cover it all. Um, so I guess we should just jump jump right into it. The first bracket, we have the ninth doctor going up against the first doctor. So let's start with John. Ooh. John, what are your thoughts? Okay. So initial, initial reactions, go. Technically the the very first doctor I ever saw was the ninth doctor. I enjoy it's it's kind of a simplistic look with the leather jacket, which is which is really, really cool. And I do enjoy the color purple, so that's always a plus but mm -hmm. i mean you have it's it's the very first doctor it's it's also classic it ah man i i don't know i do i do enjoy the first doctors but i would have to go with i think i enjoy a good leather jacket so i would have to go with nine okay nine your vote has been cast mike well, I've read both. The, I've read the color purple. I've watched the movie, the color purple, and I both and I enjoy the color purple. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the the ninth doctor is probably more than any other doctor, the one who could go in public and pass unnoticed, uh, which that's something that's definitely worth taking into account. What I like about the first doctor is when he showed up, we didn't really know what his deal was. He was from another place, another time. It was really up in the air. So the fact that his his wardrobe was kind of anachronistic, it kind of had a little bit of a Victorian feel to it. Um, sometimes he would wear the little like the black wool cap. I, I really enjoy that. Uh, it has a very H.G. Wells feel to it. I, I like both costumes, but... The first Doctors really set the tone moving forward for kind of the slightly odd eccentric costumes. So for now, I'm going to have to go with the first Doctor. Okay. All right. A tie so far. <laughs> okay. Hmm. See, I'm looking at it from like a cosplay perspective. And I'm looking at the Ninth Doctor is obviously the easiest one oh, to definitely. cosplay. Because all you need is that leather jacket and, you know, that purple shirt. And boom, you're, good you're Ninth go. Doctor. Yeah. Which is good. But then I've seen first Doctor cosplayers like at Gallifrey One this past year who like they have the whole costume down and then they like I've seen them, people like do their own makeup to like look like they're black and white. Oh, oh that's always a fun thing. Like yeah. how flipping cool is that? That's very cool. Yeah. And I just I love seeing stuff like that. Like I've seen the first Doctor and second Doctor um, in that style of like real life, but black and white, which is so neat. I, I think I agree with what Mike said about the first Doctor setting the tone for the more whimsical 
um, or less standard costumes for the later doctors. So yeah. I'm going to have to go with the first as well. All right. So first doctor wins the first bracket. Get out of here, right. Eccleston. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love you. <laughs> we do, truly. One, one season wonder. <laughs> mm. Wow. So good. I'm kidding. He's he's done lots of cool stuff lately. He's I, I get the whole thing, and I wish he could have been around longer, but yeah. things just didn't work out. Yes. All right. Next bracket. We have the third doctor going up against the tenth doctor. Same order. John, oh, go. This is just... Uh, this does not feel fair. Um, oh, because I'm because I'm starting with you. No, no, no. I'm just saying the bracket just doesn't seem oh. seem fair. I think Mike made it, so let's just blame. Well, the, it was it was, it was random. random. It was the randomizer. Okay, you can say it's random, but yes. I'm still gonna blame you. Uh, it was the randomizer, but as anybody who's seen Seventeen knows, the randomizer took them to Earth twice. So <laughs> weird things can happen when you use the randomizer. I mean, All the right. third Doctor's got the cape. He's got the. Um, uh, I I mean, I'm gonna go with ten. Like it's not even a contest. Like tens was just iconic to the point of I just want to wear cons with a suit. Anytime I'm invited to a wedding or anywhere, yep. actually, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's just I love his tie, the um, the kind of twirly space looking kind of tie. I just it's ten, it's ten, it's costume, and I enjoy it the most. So I'm gonna go with ten. Perfect, Mike. Hmm. So these are two of my least favorite doctors, and that kind of makes it tough for me because I love all doctors, but just some a little less than others. I, I actually have the swirly tie packed for my trip tomorrow, so <laughs> that might give it away. Um, I do love the brown pinstripe suit. There's no way around it. It's so sharp. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the, the converse offsets it and just gives it that nerdy mm-hmm. kick. On the other hand, the third doctor costume, uh, it just exemplifies so much of the the stuff I have trouble with with a character, which is kind of the suave, super spy sort of thing. And um, like you just see him in the corner, like sipping a martini is kind of the vibe that gives off. So it's just really not for me. So I definitely would go with the 10th Doctor. Okay, well, I know I barely need to cast a vote since it looks like 10 <laughs> wins. But, your but it's going to be 10. But it's okay. going to be 10. Whether it's the brown pinstripe suit or the, the, the blue suit with the red tie. You know, David Tennant rocks that rocks those suits, and uh, I I love it. I love yeah, it. There we go. So it's done. Awesome. Great. So the next bracket, we have the 11th Doctor versus <laughs> Rowan Atkinson from Tell Me Again the Special. Curse of the Fatal Death. There it we was go. the yeah, it was the comic relief special by uh, Stephen Moffat was the writer. This was during the hiatus years after the TV movie, but before it came back in 2005. Nobody thought Doctor Who was going to come back, so they just did kind of a silly one-off special. And for those who don't know, Rowan Atkinson is also best known as uh, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Yes, he so. is. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're going to go in order again. I have seen... The Curse of the Fatal Death once. I thought it was very fantastic. Um, Rowan Atkinson's costume in this. and let I, I have it right here, and I just want to take a good look at it. I'm not really sure. It almost looks like a mix between... Oh, jeez. It almost looks like something that McGann might have worn in the TV movie. It almost looks like it was rejected from that. Oh, um, yeah, I can see that. It, it just it looks like a hodgepodge of of 
I don't even know. There's like he's wearing a collared shirt, but there appears to be a small scarf tucked into the collar and he's wearing this yellow orange vest as well i think with, I, with some blues and reds kind of towards the top yeah the the vest looks like if somebody set out to make a tasteful version of the six waistcoat so <laughs> so it's kind of his his outfit is this i would say it's a bizarre fusion of the first doctor the eighth doctor and then with the sixth doctor's kind of patchwork vest yeah it mm. is um it is and then the t- 12th doctor's velvet coat yes yeah oh true they're true that's a good way to look at it so so if you're listening right now you probably can't it's, this probably just sounds absurd so just google curse of the fatal death and see what we're talking about or better yet go to youtube and watch curse of the fatal death it's gonna take you about 15 minutes we'll wait for you come on back <laughs> i'll put it in the show notes <laughs> there you go now awesome. on the other hand uh we have the 11th doctor who is, I've gone on record many a time, my favorite doctor. (laughs) And I, at first, was not a fan of his his costume at first. And I don't know exactly why. I think I was still like, well, it's not David Tennant, so... And I was just being grumpy for some reason. But as, Mm -hmm. as time went on, he kind of... He would change it up a little bit like there were the the points when he would add the vest and the longer like uh, it's not burgundy it's like a purple coat and I, I don't know I just really enjoy and his costume much like Tenet's was something that seem seemingly you could wear anywhere and bow ties are cool so 11 is 11 is when in this bracket for sure Okay. Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, oh. so <laughs> For me, ties, at least. Bow ties were cool until everybody started wearing them. And uh, credit to Matt Smith and the team, because I did not see bow ties anywhere before he started wearing it. So people can try to say whatever started the trend. No, no, no. Doctor Who started that trend for certain. So, yeah, the first time I saw a picture of the 11th Doctor, I, uh, I just was not feeling it. Now, over time, I grew to like it okay. I definitely like the later versions, like you said, with the, with the longer purple coat. Um, I thought that looked a lot more cool or suave or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I like the 11th Doctor costume, don't get me wrong. But that little scarf, cravat, bow tie thing, like not bow tie, but like necktie thing that uh, that I'm just trying to think <laughs> what to call him, Fatal Death is wearing. That's awesome. Like that looks super cool. I want one of those. Like that is going to be my winter fashion this year. I, I am not joking around. <laughs> I love this costume. So I actually picked this when I was putting the brackets together. Uh, and before I did any pairings or anything like that, I was just like, okay, I need one more person. I'd already done the the doctor from the sixties movies. So this is what I came up with. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I love it. It's got the gray pants, which are kind of very similar to something Hartnell would have worn. It's got the longer velvety coat, which is kind of a mix of 12 and eight with a little bit of one thrown in. He's got the patchy vest, like I was saying earlier. But what's so neat about that is it's almost like somebody said, I can take the sixth doctor and make that work. So uh, this costume incorporates a lot of elements that come from other costumes. I love it. Uh, I don't think I've seen any cosplayers wearing it, but if you have this cosplay, like I will give you the biggest high fives ever. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. So uh, this is not a joke. Unabashedly, I'm voting for the Fatal Death Doctor. You should uh, try and put that together. Oh, sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's going to get recognized anywhere, it's going to be Galley. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have, you have time to do that, Mike? Yeah, I think the way, to be, 
as always, the wig would be the biggest obstacle. So we'll see. Uh, and also the sexiest part. <laughs> Look at that hair. I, I just Look like that it. you just called Mr. Bean sexy. I did. <laughs> I did. Like, and you know what? Joke or not, I stand by what I said. Perfect. This is like, Perfect. So now I know like next year on your birthday, I'm just going to post the, the Mr. Bean dancing to Mr. Bombastic video. Thank but, you. You don't have to wait till my birthday. You can, you can do that, that on like my now. <laughs> Great. Oh, I think I'm just going to start calling him Dr. Bombastic. Like that's his name from here on out. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, Lauren, go ahead and please vote for the 11th Doctor. So oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, so... Um, my very first cosplay, my, my first Doctor Who cosplay was the 11th Doctor. So, you know, I was uh, I was at a thrift store and I found a tweed that kind of fit. I'm like, well, it looks like I'm doing this. I love the tweed look. I love it. I love the bow ties. I love the suspenders and the boots. I love it all. So yeah, 11. Take that. Boom. Done. So 11 wins. Great. All right. We're down to our final bracket for this week, or this episode rather. We are looking at the 8th Doctor. From Night of the Doctor, going up against the second Doctor. John. Oh, boy. Hit, so hit me. my favorite classic Doctor is the second Doctor. I I love the pants. I love the uh, the jacket. I I just, I even love the flute. The flute's great. Or the recorder. <laughs> he also, he wore, I think he wore like a beanie in one episode. Um, I like a good beanie. Uh, but the pants are just fantastic i i love 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 them and he wore suspenders too i believe he did they have kind of like uh, moons and stars on them you don't get a very good look at them often but there are kind of designs on them so it's almost it, he is almost like the classic version of 11 um however i i feel like um last time eight didn't win right no um... eight did not win last time i don't believe <laughs> Well, because he was up against four, I mean. Yeah, right. very, very, very hard. Now, this is from the and this is from the fiftieth anniversary, so it's almost kind of halfway. He's like halfway to War Doctor at this point, and this more than halfway. He's oh, just before. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this costume is very reminiscent of all of his or some of his uh, big finish audios. So. Oh, Ah, it's very, very hard. And I really like his jacket that he's wearing. Um, It's like a greenish kind of, unless I'm colorblind, unless I literally just found out I was colorblind. That would be weird. I'm pretty um, sure it's green. It's, it's dark green. There were wars on forums after that episode came out. People arguing <laughs> it was black or it was green. And it wasn't until some uh, set photos came out that people finally settled down and accepted it was dark green. Oh, nice. It's dark, yeah. It's a, a dark greenish color. Um, the boots are pretty cool. This is very, very tough for me. Can I pass for now? And, and just... uh, I, yeah, I think that's acceptable. You can pass. I, I want to hear what others have to say. Okay, Mike. So the second doctor, uh, back when I first saw pictures of all the doctors, before I knew who was who, what was what, I decided the second doctor was my favorite. Like, I was just like, that guy looks cool. That's my favorite. So I really like that costume. I think it's it's neat. It's basically like somebody took the first Doctor costume and said, how do we make it look like this guy never makes his bed and just takes his laundry out of the dryer and throws it on the floor? Um, <laughs> the TARDIS washer dryer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, I mean, the eighth Doctor costume, I fell in love with it the moment I saw it. 
I, I don't even know how many times I watched that little eight minute segment over and over and over again, driving to work and playing it, just listening to it. Uh, I just, I love that costume so much. It was the very first Doctor Who costume I tried to put together. And, really? Oh, never again. It's, uh, you know, I mean, because there's so many intricate pieces. Um, the belt is like a little snake yeah. shaped like an S. Um, so it's kind of like this big leathery kind of like combat belt with a uh, Civil War. They use that clip as well as some navies have used that clip. So uh, you have to order that from like some creepy Civil War era kind of companies. And I'm sure I'm on <laughs> I'm on some government watch lists now, I'm sure. So, uh, But yeah, so that was cool. Uh, the boots are actually kind of like he has some leather riding gaiters or what they're called. Um, and those are from World War One era. So, uh, oh, wow. just some of the stuff I mean, but the coat looks cool. Uh, the, uh, the waistcoat has like a really kind of neat floral pattern to it with the shimmering gold. Um, it looks, it's cool because it looks good in the dark, but it also looks really strong when you do get to see it in the light. I think that it's one of the quintessential doctor costumes. Um, I, I would put it over any of the modern costumes and probably a lot of the past costumes. Um, wow it's i just think it's such a perfect costume for that doctor uh yeah i love it that gets my vote okay lauren what are you thinking guys i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) okay so is that is that an i can't decide i don't know or just i have no strong opinion i don't know um i'm trying to find something to have a strong opinion about so fair enough I guess it's that one. Um, so, I mean, obviously the, yeah, the eighth doctor's look is so great. So great in either doctor. But I really loved two's pants. I know his pants are just. His pants are great. And in, um, like the, they're like the plaid, they're like the really cool plaid pants, right? Yeah. That, pr- that pretty much informed, you know, Peter Capaldi's, um, one of, a lot of Peter Capaldi's looks in this past season. Because he brought the plaid pants back. Yes, he did. Which was one of my favorite looks on Twelve. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with eight. Yep, I'm gonna. Uh, yep, I. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. All right. Um, I will make it a a clean sweep here. I'm looking at it right now in the light. It just looks really really cool. Yes, the second Doctor does hold a special place in my heart, but um, I think Mike sold me on it. He I, did a good sell. I feel sell bad. Job. I- no, you I, sold I hoping, me on it. I was hoping Trouton would get a pity vote or something, but wow. <laughs> Not even if it a pity. If you feel better, I could switch my vote. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you can sleep at night, Mike. Okay. Well, we, we can give a resounding victory to the eighth doctor in this case. And, Yay. Uh, that'll make up for last time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. So looking at the brackets, in the first one we went over, it was the ninth doctor versus the first, and the first doctor won. The next bracket was the third doctor versus the tenth doctor in the tenth doctor one. The next bracket was Rowan Atkinson's doctor uh, versus the eleventh doctor, and eleven did win that one. And then the most recent bracket, which we just covered, is the eighth doctor versus the second, and the eighth doctor wins it in a sweep. Awesome. This next so round the... is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, so next time we're up for the quarterfinals. Uh, do you want to give us a list of who we're going to see facing off in that one? We're going to have the fourth doctor versus the 12th doctor. So, so it'll be six versus the war doctor. Yes. Yeah. And then I guess the next one is going to be the first doctor versus the 10th doctor. And then 11 versus eight. Man, oh my this goodness. is really, this I'm, is I'm, really interesting. I'm glad we have a good mix of classic and new. Yes. I agree. I agree. And then Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> uh, Who didn't make it, but still. 
You just don't understand. The wilderness years were special. (laughs) Yes, they were. All right. Awesome. Well, I guess that does it for the uh, costume showdown segment. All right. Our final segment is Finish at the Finish, where we uh, review a recent or old Big Finish audio play. And uh, this week, we, or the, this episode, we continued with uh, the Tenth Doctor and Donna Noble in their most recent adventures. Um, this one is called Time Reaver, and it was, in my opinion, wonderful. Let's start with Mike. Mike, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So I enjoyed the first one a fair amount. Uh, This one was extremely strong. I I thought that out of the three, this was the best of the bunch. Um, Jenny T. Colgan, who wrote this, it's amazing to me that she's only written one other audio, which was in the the River Song series, as well as she did a short story for one of the companion lines, because this story really sounds like it was done by someone who's done a lot of audio drama, um, really has a, a strong background in it. Uh, I just thought the writing was perfect, whether it be the Doctor, Donna, all of the background characters. Uh, The setting was perfect. I mean, it was something that you could never portray on a TV budget. You know, I mean, you kind of have this big swashbuckling bar where it's just craziness. Some people have said Star Wars Cantina, but I see it more like something out of some kind of like a sword and sorcery film, you know, with just mugs flying and everything going crazy. (laughs) I was picturing like Tortuga from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Only our space version. Yeah, exactly. It's just so evocative. Um, The sound design, everything is just excellent. The sound design. Yes. Wow. Um, Amazing. I loved Gully's voice. I thought it was just perfect. I hated it, but I was supposed to be so perfect. So, yeah, so great job. You know what I saw when I was hearing his voice? Um, Did you guys see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2? I did not. I I haven't yet. (laughs) Are we talking about Secret of the Ooze, or are we talking about... Oh, no, like the most most recent recent one. I'm sorry. I've always seen the original Ninja Turtles back in 89. I've I've only seen one movie, one of the movies, and it was the most recent one. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to find the picture. I'm going to find it for you. But keep going, talking about your thoughts. Expecting sure, sure. Such soon. Yeah. So uh, Jenny T. Colgan, though, I mean, she has written some books uh, that are Doctor Who related as well. She's done like a lot of uh, it looks like romantic books uh, outside of like any kind of sci-fi fandom stuff. Um, a lot of them involve like sweet shops and cupcake shops. And that's my jam. Like, so I really need to read some of her books that have nothing to do with Doctor Who uh, because uh, romance and cupcakes just sounds like the best thing to me. (laughs) But getting back to the topic at hand. um, Yeah, I I just think that uh, Donna was so extremely well written. Yes. Um, I mean, I I know that we're probably all going to be the ones to say it, but uh, Planet of the Boys. I I just go to Planet of the Boys. I mean, that is such a perfectly Donna thing. And her rationale is so great. She's like, there's there's infinite planets. There has to be. You're just not looking hard enough. There has to be. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. It's it's such a thing where it's just you know she wants to have fun. The doctor's having fun at his space tortuga bar, and she wants to go to Planet of the Boys. And and rightfully so. Like I, I hope that she gets to go at some point. Uh, there needs to be at least one audio adventure where where that's just the opening is you know is them running away from the planet of the boys. Maybe it goes <laughs> dreadfully wrong for them. I, I thought Tennant's Doctor was was better than usual for me at least. Um, even though I know most people love him, I, I liked the way he played out in this one. 
but I'll pass it over to John. See what John thought. Firstly, Lauren, yes. Thank you. That is, I, I have not seen the movie yet. I heard this character was in the movie, and uh, now I want to see it even more. <laughs> I am. Oh, I'm, sure. Krang. Yeah, yeah, Krang. Yeah. Yeah. He That's was what I was the... picturing for Gully the whole time. Oh, yes. Okay. That is definitely, yeah. He's like a uh, giant weird squid monster thing. Yes. Yeah, I, I just pictured more of like a big purple octopus with like steampunk goggles. So <laughs> yes. maybe I've been spending too much time at Geeky Tees in Burbank, which has a TARDIS out front. No, I like plug. I like that choice. I like that choice. <laughs> the steampunk. This audio was just very, very strong. I every idea like that they put into into this story was fantastic. Just the thought of a time reaver gun is just horrifying. It is, and uh, so unique. Yes, very, very unique. And I, I also kind of like the little plot twist that we get. I won't say what the plot twist is, but uh, with Cora, who was also very, very good. I really enjoyed her a lot. I'm trying to think that I, ha- I had a... Oh, the music is great. The music is fantastic in this, um, especially when uh, Gully and the Doctor are apparently having a sword fight, it almost seems like, at one point. <laughs> um, just... Super, super fun, and also extremely sad when we have to have Donna try to say goodbye to the doctor again. Mm. Um, <laughs> not something I wanted to hear. Yeah, just just very, very solid. Love, love, love it. It was great. Yeah, and j- just to, to round it out, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I really love the concept of, of the Time Reaver and like time being weaponized. Yes. I think is really just such a cool concept. And the doctor is, he is the doctor like he always is. And he kind of <laughs> takes a hit. Yes. For, uh, for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, for the good of everybody. And I'm just, I'm trying like not to spoil anything. Should I, um, should I not? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, tough. It's- it's a little it's tough, tough, but I mean, what what does the Time Reaver gun do? That's not really a big surprise. Like, that's oh, not okay. like a twist. Um, so. Yeah, the Time Reaver, it's it's a gun that basically traps whoever it hits in time. Like, it, it makes an instant seem like weeks or months. So what could be, you know, five minutes for them feels like, you know, 500 years. Right. And I think, I believe they say its original use was to prolong, like, happy events. I think someone says like to prolong a wedding and someone's like prolong a wedding. Uh, so yeah. And you, it, it, it was something that was outlawed, but they're bringing it back for what they think is a good reason. But then again, you're bringing back a time slowing down gun, which is not very cool. Yes. But you know, you get the idea like, um, you know, if somebody uses this gun on you and then begins to torture you, I mean, that's, yeah. that's more horrific than just regular torture would be somehow. Yes. Um, you know, and, and if the time Lords were still around, this wouldn't even be a story, but because the time Lords don't exist at this point, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the things is this gun is out there. That's why the doctor has to take this big responsibility to get this out of play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying, cause if the t- time Lords were around, they would be policing this sort of thing because oh, a- they are the time Lords. Yeah. yeah, yeah like definitely. this kind of time technology would not be allowed out there. Yeah. It wouldn't be floating around a, a pirate Island in space. <laughs> it wouldn't. <sighs> okay. And obviously, you know, Donna and the 10th doctor together again. Oh, will fantastic. always be amazing. Even if the writing was off and the sound effects weren't incredible and the music was only so-so, which would never be the case. Right. You know, Catherine Tate and David Tennant together will always 
capture my heart. So I love being back in the TARDIS with them. And we also kind of get, there is a scene uh, towards the end where we kind of get Donna in the role of the doctor, uh, which is always great. Very fun. I I think more than any other modern companion, Donna really gets to carry the story, uh, be it in these audios or the TV show. She feels like an equal probably more than any of the other characters did. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm glad to see that continue to play out here. And that's so interesting because her, th- I feel like her thing was she had fairly low confidence and you know, she's, a, you know, a temp from Chiswick and yeah. she, well, I'm trying to think of what episode it was. Oh, t- was it turn left? Uh, turn left is the alternate reality one. Yeah. Yeah. Turn left where like Rose like jumps back in and, and, uh, she's trying to like explain to Donna, like who she is. Yes. Cause she doesn't like, think she's, she's the important. most important, yeah. most important woman in the universe because of what, <laughs> because of what she did with the 10th doctor and all the ways she helped him. Cause together they diverted so many humongous things. And like, honestly, every time I watch that scene of Rose, just telling her she's the most important person in the universe, I get so emotional <laughs> and it's the worst and I love it. <laughs> uh, it's great. But I like that you said that she seems like more. What would what, you say exactly? Well, I would say an equal. More I would an equal, say, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I, they all stand up to the doctor from time to time. Any companion throughout the history usually stands up to them at some point or challenges them. But I think Donna, more than any other, really puts her foot down. And seeing that continue here, but seeing that she's also very compassionate towards the doctor and cares about him very much, that comes into play big time in this story. I agree. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And kind of like I mean, going back to the to the to the production values, um, I I wonder. I mean, like it's I, I almost just want to ask Big Finish, like, did you throw like a ton of budget at these stories? Um, because Big Finish always has really cool stuff, but it's usually more low key, only a couple actors involved. And, you know, like there is some music and things like that. But I mean, this just feels like it's a televised event that you just don't get to see. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do you think it's because they they knew what they were working with, with having David Tennant come back to do brand new audio I, yeah. plays? And they're like, all right, we're going to if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And we're going to make <laughs> so much money. Yeah, I, I think they definitely had to put their best foot forward here. Uh, I, I don't think there's any way around it because this is going to draw in more people than anything else. Yeah, um, you absolutely. know, even though they've been doing some stuff like the Unit series and the River Song series. And uh, without without going too much of a tangent, uh, Jenny Colgan wrote the first story in the River Song box set. And that's another one that's just fantastic. Like I said, is I just I need to find more of her work because she is just nailing every character she touches so far. Mm-hmm. And maybe I, we should listen to listen to the first one in the river box set next. Oh, I have next it. Episode. It is um <laughs> it is in its wrapping still. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there's right. some interesting stuff out there right now. Um they've just released the one with the classic monsters with the new doctors. Yes. Or sorry, excuse me, classic doctors, new monsters, other way around. Yes. Uh we've just had ten years of classic monsters with new doctors. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you have Peter Davison versus the Weeping Angels, uh Colin Baker and her decks with the Jadoon and a few others. So that's you know, I, the thing that's so fun about Big Finish is is there is something coming out every month and really at this point it's multiple somethings. Yeah. So even if item A doesn't appeal to you, item B might and item C probably will and it's just it's nuts. Like I I, I weep every time they put a sale up. <laughs> yeah. This I wanna... might be the first this might be the first sale weekend that I didn't buy anything in a very long time. I really want to check out those four. And I guess that could be something to compare the production value to because it is newer than the tenant and Catherine Tate stuff. Yeah. 
Well, and, and another thing that's interesting about this one is um, some of the names that were involved in this episode. Uh, Dan Starkey was in it, who is, of course, uh, Strax from the Pattern Oster oh. gang. Oh, all right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Cora was in uh, Ro- Robots of Sherwood. She was Marion. Oh, hey. <laughs> that's and, cool. Uh, they had Terry Malloy played Roan. Uh, and Terry Malloy was uh, the classic Davros in many, many episodes of the original series. Oh. So yeah, they kind of they it, they kind of sneak those actors into different roles when they get a chance, and that's always fun to that's see as cool. well. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. like a big old family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, for myself, like I would recommend anybody to check out the full series of the Tenth Doctor Adventures. But if you're only going to try one, uh, the nice thing is that you don't have to listen to one to listen to the next one. A lot of big finished stuff might feed from one story to the next to the next. But this is a set where you can pick up any of the three. And if you're going to pick up just one, definitely get Time Reaver. All right. A resounding endorsement. Yeah. Resounding. Great. Well, I think that wraps up our, our last segment. John, would you like to, to let our listeners know where they can find you uh, on you, the internet? Yes, I would. You can find me on Twitter at Team Hate, all one word. And that is basically the only place that I... Um, oh, notlg.com. You can find this podcast and 11 others that you will love. I almost can guarantee that. Great. Mike, what about you? Where where can you be tracked down? On Twitter, you can find me at M A Solko, which is M A S O L K O, and you can also kind of find me at TimescoopCast.com. Uh, that show is actually on hi- hiatus for the time being, just because my new job is going to have me on the road quite a bit. So uh, we're hoping to bring the Time Scoop back sometime later this year, but uh, we'll just have to see how it works out. But please do go back and check out all the classic episodes. Uh, wow, classic! I have a classic series now. <laughs> um, but I actually did a mini episode uh, kind of going into the hiatus and I went back and I recapped all the different draft picks that have been chosen so far, kind of tracking and trending a little bit and just talking about uh, kind of some of the stuff that's shown up a lot and some of the big emissions I was surprised to see missing. Hmm. Very nice. Great. Okay. And for me, Lauren Bancroft, you may f- I can be found at laurenbancroft.com or on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Bancroft. That's at B-A-N. C-R-O-F-F-E-D. It's like my last name, but a verb. Um, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, as podcasts always are with you guys. Oh, thanks. Uh, I think as far as uh, podcast trust falls go, this was a pretty good one. I agree. Was. That's totally the name of the episode, right? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. definitely. Great. All right. Well, I guess until next episode, you were fantastic, but so were we. I was ranting. I was ranting about bow ties, and then my power flickered out um, because the powers that be are trying to keep me down on this one. Yeah. So, so. Uh, the switch I installed works. Then that's good. <laughs> Perfectly tested. Wonderful. Night of the Living Geek.